hands and close your eyes. It's half past midnight, and you're listening to The Ghost Story Guys. Welcome to The Ghost Story Guys. I'm Brendan Storr. I'm Ian Gibbs. And this is a show where we talk about spooks, specters, and all the other things watching us from the shadows beyond the campfire. Some conversations only make sense after the sun has set, and this is most definitely one. Thanks for tuning in. It's Tuesday, October 3rd. This is episode 18, and we're coming to you from that tiny mountain cabin you dream about but can never quite reach. How you doing, Ian? Is it really October 3rd? You know damn well it's not. (laughs) But we have a format by God, and we're going to stick to it. (laughs) All right. Well, I'm doing fine. Thank you. (laughs) How are you? I'm, I'm pretty good. I'm happy to be back home again. Yeah. I mean, after giving me a hard time about leaving town all the time, all of a sudden you're just out there wandering? Like, how does that work? I know, I know. But, uh, you know, people I know keep dying. So, you know, there's a motivating factor. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, that's not the best reason for a road trip, I no, guess. No, not since as I lay dying. Funny enough, actually, I have a story about corpse transportation. Oh, God. I'm not about to become an accessory to something, am I? <laughs> Remember rule number one. I will not make Ian an accessory mm. or accessory mm. after the fact any illegal acts committed in this or any country. No, I remember. I remember. <laughs> this person died of natural causes, not natural causes with air quotes. Not with you Italian people. <laughs> natural <laughs> yeah, causes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I ventilated him with a bullet. Yeah, we can't live with a bunch of bullet holes in you. Nothing more natural than that. <laughs> All right, go ahead then. All right, so in my old job, I was an office manager, sort of slash problem solver for the small uh, consulting company. Right. And my responsibilities are pretty varied. You're handling general office duties, um, personally couriering packages with strict deadline requirements. Yeah, if the company had been busier, it would have been a fascinating job, but they were so small. Right. Uh, so I just had a lot of downtime. <laughs> the most interesting thing I had to do was figure out how to transport the final mortal remains of my boss's mother to Victoria from the mainland. Or are we talking like full on dead body or just the, as they call it in the industry, cremains? The cremains. Oh, thank God. Okay. Yeah. Well, that makes more sense. Yeah. And this may surprise you, but most couriers will not carry cremains. Really? Mm. Well, I can see that. People yeah. are weird. Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so right up until the last minute, I thought I was going to have to truck over to the mainland, pick up poor deceased Margaret, and drive her <laughs> as they lay dying style to her final <laughs> resting place over here on the island. Please tell me you did not have to do that. Uh, no. Nah, at the very last minute, I found a courier with, uh, eh, we'll say a flexible outlook on the issue, <laughs> and the lady made the journey with them. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. You should have seen the looks on their faces, though, when I came to pick up the package and told them what it was. People get strange around the dead, even when they're in a sturdily packaged cardboard box. <laughs> you know, interesting enough, my dad was cremated in a sturdy cardboard box. <laughs> he made me comparison shop. Really? For his funeral arrangements. He was the <laughs> cheapest man alive. And he knew he was dying. He had cancer. This was about 20 years ago. And he made me call around and inquire what a basic pickup, cremation, and drop off of ashes would be. And you know what? That old bastard was right. <laughs> it varied. It varied from $1,200 to $7,800 for exactly the same thing. And I phoned five places. Wow. And a couple of them tried the, well, you don't really want that, do you? Don't you love oh, your dad? Of course, yeah. Um, and I couldn't believe the, well, you'll need a limo. No, I won't. A limo? A limo. He's dead. I know. I know. So I went with a company in Calgary called Funerals Inc. Huh. And they were awesome. They picked him up from the hospice. They took care of him and they dropped him back off at my brother's house within, I'd say, 48 hours. I'll be damned. Yeah. Hey, Funerals Inc., if you're listening, uh, we're open for a suspension here. 
So yeah, sturdy cardboard box. It's a it's a cornerstone of death. <laughs> That's like right. Well, no, it, it uh, yeah, no, it worked for Margaret, and she uh, she came with me, and I, I brought her. I I put a seatbelt on her. <laughs> that was kind. Oh, you know, it's a, she was a good lady, from what I understand. She, <laughs> she deserved died it. at the ripe old age of ninety six. So not bad. Yeah, probably her first exciting car trip in a while. Man. I think it was. Yeah. Speaking, speaking of the dead. Speaking of the dead. Yeah, really. Uh, today we're going to be talking about places that have seen a lot of them. Yeah, we sure are. Uh, on this episode, we're going to be talking about a handful of abandoned and allegedly haunted sanitariums, one of which you were lucky enough to recently visit. I Yeah, I was, actually. And it, funny enough, I had zero idea that anyone cared enough to hear about this. <laughs> I, you know, People are big into this kind of stuff. Yeah, no, I guess so. I, I, I was just lucky enough to be in Kamloops. When they opened up walking tours. I didn't know there was one there. A lot of people don't. And it's huge. Yeah. What did I say? 191 acres. Yeah. And How they, many buildings? Like 40 buildings or something? At the height of it, they had 40 buildings. Wow. They had their own laundry, three hospitals, nurses, dorm, doctors, residences. Strip club. Oh, yeah. Strip Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Why else would you have gone yeah, on no, the Pachinko, walking tour? Pachinko parlor. <laughs> 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 I have been to the strip club in Kamloops. It's not great. I'm not sure. It's not great. No. But you have your frequent flyer card, so they fill well, that Yeah, you up. get a stamp every time. <laughs> yeah, no. I have a couple. That's not true for the record. I only ever went to that place once. Uh-huh. Once. A week. <laughs> I'm not in Kamloops. Uh, oh, okay. No, that place is gross. It's on the North Shore. <laughs> so you recently visited, and it was good? It, oh, it was fantastic. I mean, it was... Nice. Uh, very tightly controlled walking tour. You know, the, yeah. the people who, and we'll get into it later, yeah, yeah. but uh, the people who do it are very, very conscious of uh, I mean, safety issues, yeah. you know, because a lot of these buildings are yeah. very old. Yeah. And and the other thing is, too, they're not all that into the ghost thing, right. and a lot of the people who do the tour are into that. Ah, uh, so, so there's a real disconnect there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, they are adamant about that right um so they were they're very cautious about where they let people go and and just making sure everyone stays together right it's not really meant for public consumption yet so they only have two porta potties at different right. points on the grounds for people so it's not really you know there's not like easy access washrooms or anything. yeah and at one point this woman was waiting for her husband as the rest of the tour went on and one of the guides actually said no you go i'll wait for your husband Wow. There was going to be no jiggery-pokery there. It was no. like, no, we're waiting. You you will go. Wow. So, mm. um, and she told me, actually, she, she for some reason, warmed to me a bit, the woman who runs a tour, and uh, she told me that she wishes they could just do the truck tours. Yeah, it was easier to control people. Exactly. Because yeah. they have this sort of stadium seating <clears throat> on a flatbed right. that they pull behind the truck. Hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they, <laughs> that's what they had previously done. This was, I think, their first, or one of their first major walking tours. Wow. So she was not all that keen on the idea. Maybe they could get everyone to hold on to a rope. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Like in kindergarten. <laughs> no, oh man, that's always weird. I always see kids doing that now. Yeah. And they look like a tiny little chain gang. I know. <laughs> it's called Tronquil. Tronquil okay. on the lake. I nice. mean, uh, it's probably most popularly known as Padova. Okay. Uh, or Padova City. Right. Um, which I believe was named after a doctor who worked there, but it's, its original name was Tronquil and uh, that's what they're, they're trying to develop into a sort of sort of like a sustainable community. Right. And so it's called, I, I believe the name is actually Tronquil on the lake they're calling it, or Tronquil Farm Fresh, because the land is apparently very arable. Oh, nice. Uh, one of the guys made a comment to the effect that um, they can grow virtually anything there. Nice. You know, they've experimented and tried growing so many different things. Yeah. And I know they had a corn maze. Uh, they didn't, it's not open this year, but it's left over from last year. Right. And just the corn is crazy high. It just grew cool. like nuts. We're going to talk about that and a couple other TB sanatoriums. Mm-hmm. And actually, the other thing I was about to, I forgot, is that I 
I think I may have brought something back with me mm-hmm. and, and not in like the don't tell my wife, but I have to take the afternoon off to visit the free clinic way. Oh, gross. We'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back. Before the break, Brennan was being a disgusting pig, but that's a surprise to no one. <laughs> and we were talking about the I'm haunted. Hurt. <laughs> yeah, right. You're hurt because it's a shock to you, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we were talking about haunted tuberculosis sanitariums. Yes. And I've always wondered this. Is it sanitarium or sanatorium? And what's the difference? Well, they all mean the same thing. Really? Yeah. I thought like sanatoriums were for chronic medical conditions and sanatorium or sorry, sanitarium was for mental illness. No, they're all the same. A sanitarium is a place for people suffering from chronic, long-term medical conditions. So mental illness definitely would fall under that category, mm-hmm. but in our case, tuberculosis, whatever. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the place James Bond went to in Casino Royale after they smashed his nuts, was that a sanitarium? I don't know, and I don't want to know. What 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 did they do to his nuts? Oh, yeah. The, well, the villain, uh, you know, it's not important. Yeah. Uh, okay. It's a great movie, though, really. <laughs> Hannibal smashes his balls. Gross. Okay, anyway, as I was saying, a sanitarium is any place where people convalesce from long-term illnesses, which at least in the time periods we'll be covering today, TB most definitely was. And of course, since in those time periods, medicine hadn't progressed all that far from, you know, put some leeches on it and get more fresh air, (laughs) the mortality rates in these places must have been sky high. Oh, yeah. Um, Actually, my grandfather's first wife died of TB. Really? They'd been married 25 years and she died. He got married to my grandmother. He was already 60 at the time. So my mom wasn't born until her father was 62. Holy shit. Which in 1940s was pretty unusual. But I feel like that should be still unusual. Yeah. Yeah. Well, his wife, my grandmother was in her 40s. Because gross. Just so that was super. That <laughs> Hang its jersey up on the wall. But it's it, tiny little jersey. It was always a thing. TB was always a thing in our family because his first wife had oh, from that. Yeah. Anyway, um, why don't we break down what TB is? Because I'm sure there are people who don't know. Uh, that's true. Yeah. I mean, considering I only knew it as old timey Doc Holiday disease before researching this episode, <laughs> it, it couldn't hurt. So you want to take this one then? Uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, TB is basically a bacterial infection that primarily affects the lungs. It can affect other organs, but that's pretty unusual. Uh, nowadays, it's, I mean, it's not harmless, but it's controlled. Right. Right? Except for strains that have become resistant to antibiotics because, you know, all my nightmares have come true. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, only around 4% of people die from it now, though. Uh, but back in the late 19th century when the sanitary movement started, it was a lot higher. Well, it was kind of a death sentence, right? And I mean, the only treatment they had was literally go outside and get some fresh air. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I always thought consumption was a cooler name than TB, though. <laughs> Saying Doc Holliday died of TB makes it sound like he got a sexually transmitted disease. <laughs> consumption makes it sound like he lost an arm wrestling match with death itself and was condemned to spend the rest of his days coughing blood into a lace hanky. Which he pretty much did. That was kind of what happened. But <laughs> yeah, that's true. Anyway, we got off track. Where were we? Uh, Val Kilmer wrestling death. James <laughs> Bond getting his ball smashed by Hannibal. Right. Sanitariums. Okay. There we go. So, they were a place for people to recover. Well... Hopefully. Hopefully. For various long-term illnesses. And a lot of cases, that was TB, um, especially in the time period we're talking about. They even started farms in the Swiss Alps because people thought TB was caused by bad air. And let's face it, if that was the case, we'd both have been eaten alive by disease after two recording sessions. (laughs) One of us would have at least. The one who doesn't stop eating burritos. Well, that's your bad luck. (laughs) 
<laughs> Anyways, death farms. Uh-huh. Right. So basically, these places morphed into sanitariums, and they sprung up all over Canada and the U.S., and since the mortality rates of the disease were so high, it's not really a big surprise they lost as many patients as they did. No, that's it. Or, or that those places ended up with an awful lot of ghost stories. Exactly. Uh, now, I recently visited Tronquil on the Lake, as we were talking right. about. Right. And you said you brought something back with you. But. I'll tell that story probably when we talk about Tronquil. Um, it was just sort of a little, I don't know, this, this strange series of circumstances that happened uh, when I got home. Cool. But, okay. Uh, remind me and yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll yeah. talk about that. Right, so it was essentially a small town built around a sanitarium and abandoned in the 1980s. But uh, since most people are probably unlikely to have heard of that one, let's start with, uh, say, Waverly Hills. Yeah, so you mean Waverly Hills Sanitarium in Louisville, Kentucky. Yes, which uh, surprisingly is a lovely little town. Really? Yeah, yeah. Well, that makes sense, I guess. I mean, it's a university town. They're usually pretty places. That's a good point. Uh, What's university? Um, University of Louisville, I think. It's easy to remember, I guess. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Louisville is also home to a great little breakfast spot called Wild Eggs. <laughs> Why is it always coming back to food for you? Because Every damn as time. I've explained before, when you're driving for 14 hours a day, you don't give a rat's ass about museums. You want to <laughs> see, uh, you want food to eat, you want to go to bed, and then, well, the other thing you want, you can't really have till you get home. Uh, so gross. you just have an extra piece of pie for dessert. Make <laughs> up for it. Eat your feelings. Yes, exactly. Um, you understand. Smart. And uh, then you wake up in the morning, you have breakfast and you take off again. All right. Well, okay. Back to Waverly Hills. So it's set in the neighborhood of the same name uh, in southwestern Louisville. Originally, it was a two-story frame building finished in 1910 and meant to house uh, between 40 and 50 patients. But TB just tore through Kentucky, and the little sanatorium was eventually overwhelmed. The building we now know as Waverly Hills was finished in 1926 and had room for more than 400 patients. You know, that's one of the things I find fascinating about some of these sanitariums, in- including Waverly, is that they developed into whole communities. Yeah. Like leper colonies, but not <laughs> yeah. on islands. Yeah, exactly. Which I guess makes sense, given how contagious TB is. I remember the same year that poor bastard got his head cut off on a Greyhound bus. Mm-hmm. There was another news story about a highly contagious TB patient having been on a bus. That was a bad year for Greyhound. Is there a good year for Greyhound? Uh, I haven't traveled on it since I bought a car, so I <laughs> could not tell you. I traveled on it in my early 20s, and yeah, no, not an experience I'm anxious to repeat. I remember this, I don't know what the proper word is, um... Little person. Oh, I love little people. So this little person was on the bus with their... Can I just say? Sure. It's a life goal of mine to be friends with a little person. I, I don't know if that's an appropriate no, life no, goal. No, 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 no. I get it. I get it. You, it sounds to... kind of gross, and there's no way to advertise it without it sounding dirty. And I, I, I get that. And, and I, it's, it's a real dilemma for me, but I just want to like go for coffee with a little person and be like, hey, let's go for... Do you want to climb on my shoulders? Like, I mean, I wouldn't say that, but... I just, I don't know what it is. I'm just absolutely fascinated by what the world must be like from that vantage point. A lot of farts. <laughs> That's my guess. But if there's anybody out there listening who is a little person and wants to Please just excuse us. hang out. Please excuse us. I would love to do that. I will even pay for the coffee and I'm pretty cheap. So that, that may be the worst thing you've ever said. Okay. I'm so sorry to interrupt your story. But yeah, if you are friends with a little person and, or you are a little person and you want to be friends, I'm here. That's so inappropriate. It's not inappropriate. I'm putting that in the outtakes. No, it's a genuine thing. It's weird. It's not weird. weird. It's weird. Anyway. Okay. So Greyhound. So I'm on. (laughs) God almighty. I don't even. Talk about going down a rabbit trail. Right. Yeah. No kidding. So I'm on this bus 
And there is this kind of greasy looking guy behind me. And he's dating this little person girl. And they're fighting the whole time. And then I dropped my, I was reading Moby Dick at the time. And uh, I dropped it, it fell under my seat, and I thought, oh, I'll pick it up after the after the bus trip is over. Those sons of bitches stole my book. We both know they can't read. So <laughs> I don't know what they thought they were going to... Maybe they said, what is this thing? Is it... Wow. Maybe it's a speaking spell of some description. Wow. Not cool. Hence my... Now, I, I've declared war against little people ever, <gasps> ever to this day. So we are literally divided on this it's issue. True. I want to be friends with them and when carry them around, maybe. I want to crush them underneath and my poo <laughs> I want to drive them back into the forest from whence they came. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> back, back to your caves. That's right. Back to your caves. But anyway, we were talking about. Oh yeah! Wow. La Seren. No, what was it called again? Waverly Hills. Oh right, and it was a whole community. Uh, they had dorms for the nurses, residences for the doctors. They had on-site power generation, steam plant, water treatment. Eventually, when you went to work at Waverly, you went there to stay. You lived there, at right. least for a while. Something I thought was funny is the whole death shoot thing. <laughs> yeah. Everyone on the internet is obsessed yes. with the death shoot. When we started putting this whole thing together and we found the death shoot, yeah. I, I was worried we were getting into another Pavelia situation. Right. Uh, and I mean, it, it kind of is. You know, I think a lot of these places are more reputation than reality. Yeah. Uh, but there were enough paranormal stories sound legit here to keep me interested. But that that death shoot thing, man, that was a bad look. Yeah. If you're familiar with Waverly Hills, you'll have heard of the body shoot, which supposedly allowed dead bodies to be dumped into the basement. Most pictures of the shoot you see make it look like a laundry shoot or something. But And it's all the way they angle the shot, right? Oh, yeah. I, I legit thought it was like a, bo- a laundry shoot when I first saw the picture. Right. But it's actually a tunnel with steps on one side and a smooth incline for like a gurney on the other. Exactly. Yeah. The tunnel went down to the bottom of the hill and the bodies were carted down on an electric rail car system so other residents wouldn't have to look at them. Which I get it. You're trying to make them healthy and keep their spirits up. Yeah. It makes yeah. perfect sense. Yeah. They were then taken away to be cremated or buried. And people also use the tunnel as a warm way to get up the hill in the winter. Makes sense. So it was bad, you know, because people died from disease. Right. But it wasn't like the Kentucky Fried version of H.H. H. Holmes' murder hotel, <laughs> the way some people have portrayed it. Are there any ghost stories associated with H.H. H. Holmes, like the whole murder hotel thing he did for the World's Fair or not? You know, I'm not sure. Uh, his hotel burned down shortly after his arrest, I think. Okay. And the only thing standing on that site now is a post office. Uh, the Atlas Obscura article on that site suggests Holmes' legacy have actually may have been a lot less storied than it's been made out to be. Oh. Uh, they, it, I kind of just browsed it, but they sort of suggested that his murder hotel was not actually built to be as murdery as supposedly <laughs> they said. I, I don't know. Um, well, that's disappointing. Uh, yes. I mean, for me, not for those people. Who... And apparently some of the people he confessed to killing were actually still alive. Oh. So they have no idea how many people he really killed. So he might have been a little bit of a nutter. Oh, yeah. well, you think. <laughs> Built the murder hotel. Oh, he's, he's eccentric. He's, he's, ex- he's rich and white. So he has eccentric. a hobby. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, anyways, yeah. So, mm. I, I don't, I don't think so. I, they, supposedly, there's nothing going on with the hot, with the post office and the rest. Of it's just grass, right? So, uh, if there are stories, they're limited to the neighborhood. Anyways, speaking of ghosts, yeah. What are the stories associated with Waverly Hills? Ignoring everything you saw in that terrible episode of Ghost Adventures. <laughs> terrible but entertaining. Oh, I, if death had an address, really, <laughs> it's going to be Waverly Hills of that of all the places. I'm not saying it's good writing. 
That's I'm, good. I'm not. Because it's demonstrably it's, not. It's terrible. Yes. And yeah, no, I know. But anyway, okay. So the sanatorium was closed in 1961. It was renovated and reopened in 62 as a home for the elderly. It was closed by the state in 81. For a long time after, the place fell into disrepair, and it was the place where addicts would shoot up, kids would drink, spray paint, stuff like that. Among other things, I'm sure. Oh, I am very sure. People started telling stories about the ghosts in Waverly, but you got to wonder how much of that was legitimate and how much was more modern urban legend. Yeah. They talked about the nurses committing suicide because they were tormented by the spirits of uh, the dead. Well, they always You can't that see shit. it, audience, but I'm making a jack-off <laughs> That's really classy. But none of the historical records back that up. There are exhaustive death records for, for the facilities, and in both years, the nurses were said to have killed themselves- there were no suicides recorded. Exactly. There was at least one nurse death in 1928, but she died of TB. Surprise. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The other thing is, the nurse that was supposed to have killed herself in room 502. Right. Uh, the, the story was she hung herself from the pipe in the room. That's what I learned on Ghost Adventures. Those, that <laughs> pipe system was not there, not installed until 1970-something. Oh. She could not have hung herself from that pipe. Yeah, and we also found that the total number of dead at Waverly Hills was nowhere near the 63,000 figure quoted by... Yeah, all the ghost shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah specifically. <laughs> well, what's what was the total figure? Maybe at most six thousand, seven thousand. Oh, okay, at, at most and seventh, probably I would say maybe between four and six. Okay, I that, mean that's still. A oh, lot. it's a lot of dead people. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. But I mean, it's it's sixty three thousand. It's not right, and that is based on actual figures uh, given in the autobiography Sunrise Sunset by J. Doctor J. Frank Stewart, who worked at Waverly from forty five to fifty five. He described a year in which they had 152 deaths as the deadliest in the institution's history. Oh, wow. So if you take the worst year and multiply it by the number of years the place was open, which I think was 51, you get 7,752. And even that's likely to be extremely high because they did not have the worst year every year. Well, but he's saying it was the worst year when he worked there. No, no, no. He said- They could have jumped forward and had like 15,000 deaths in one year. You don't know. No, no, I do. (laughs) The historical record does not bear it out. Damn it. 152. And that, he said not the time he worked there. That was in the institution's history. Right. Was okay. the worst. So. So a lot of urban legends. Yes. Yeah. And that nurse suicide thing not being backed up sounds a lot like Prevalia. Exactly. With the doctor shooting people committing suicide. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that was exactly it. And the Pavelia, you know, the history of Pavelia, supposedly a doctor tormented by the spirits of the dead. Right. Did a Greg Luganus off the top floor. <laughs> And uh, for, you know, for you kids out there, he was a diver. He was a diver. Yes. Yeah. And it's, I would say the main difference between this and Pavelia is there are actually ghost stories. Yeah. I mean, the Louisville Ghost Hunter Society were the first to really investigate Waverly. Uh, They saw lights in the building when there shouldn't have been any, some apparitions in various places. They were struck by unseen hands and had objects thrown at them. I couldn't find exactly what objects. Um, And they- Dildos. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> the standard TB fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And old people fair, yeah. Uh, they heard slamming doors too, right? Of course, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's that's intense. I, yeah. I also read on the fifth floor they've seen shadow people darting in and out of sight, peeking at people from behind corners. I don't care for that. No, that no. really seems like a dick move. <laughs> in fact, I'm going to say it, shadow people are just jerks in general. Whoa. Dance back, shadow people. <laughs> what you're going to do? Is that why? Oh, probably not. <laughs> Especially not in this building. But I won't know till I'm paralyzed with terror at 3 a.m., so why? <laughs> Anyways, back to Waverly. Or, or you can't get out of this building because some unseen force is blocking you in. 
Yeah, no, that's possible. I'm leaving first. Uh, so, so speaking of the fifth floor, there's a lot of information about that that is just not right. I mean, some people claim it was the locked ward for insane people with TB. And talk about a shitty double whammy. <laughs> yeah, really, you're insane and you have TB. Oh, right. Um, <laughs> I've done it enough tonight, I can't criticize you. <laughs> no kidding. But thankfully, it's not true. There's a statement online from a former employee of the hospital who has said the fifth floor was not a locked ward at all and that all the patients are free to go as they please. And we're encouraged to go outside a great deal. Yeah, that's the whole point of the yeah. sanitarium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, uh, and of course, I know there are people who I've seen this online who are saying this is some kind of conspiracy. You know, like Why? Uh, I know. Why would you bother with a conspiracy about a long, closed institution? I Right. It Please. And apparently at the time, uh, especially in the 20s, Waverly was desperate for funding. So if right. anything, they would have exaggerated things right. to make it seem worse for money. And the idea that it's a conspiracy, it serves no one or nothing. No, it really doesn't. Like so many conspiracy theories. <laughs> there are enough bad things happening in the world orchestrated by the rich that we don't need to make shit up. Trust yeah, me, Yeah, no, that's true. So I found a really great story from the fourth floor posted to the net by Troy Taylor of PrairieGhosts.com. Apparently in 2002, Troy managed to score a night visit to Waverly on a dark and stormy night, no less. Perfect. According to him, he was guided through the whole building, rooms, treatment areas, morgue, and so on. Uh, the whole place was silent, save for, you know, footsteps and the steady downpour of rain outside. Finally, he noticed he hadn't seen the fourth floor and asked his guide why. Right. And the guide told him that the fourth floor was the only one that was locked at all times, so he'd saved it for last. Oh. Uh, and according to the article, Troy said he doesn't consider himself psychic, but he felt something strange in the air as soon as he stepped into the fourth floor proper. Uh, one wing of that floor was no longer safe to walk in. The floor was rotting away. Right. But still, they heard the sound of heavy doors slamming, despite there being no wind. Oh, that's unsettling. Yes. Uh, the two moved down the length of the corridor, and using only the dim, ambient light coming from outside, they started to see shadows flitting along the hall. Uh, Troy wrote it off as a trick of the eye, which I probably would too, mm -hmm. uh, until he came to a point where the corridor split off at a right angle. Ahead of the men in the half dark, they saw the distinct silhouette of a man in a long white coat walk from one lit hallway across the hall, then through another darker door. Troy says he jumped and gripped his guide's jacket. The two went into the room where the man had disappeared, but of course there was no one there and no way anyone could have gotten out undetected. Whatever the apparition was, it vanished as quickly as it came. I would have lit out of that place like a friggin' rocket. Oh my god, I would never have gone in there in the first place. Man, there would have been a sonic boom, whatever glass <laughs> remained in that place would have shattered, and I would have reappeared in the nearest Denny's, like a stone <laughs> Harry Potter busting out of Hogwarts to get munchies. Oh my god. Yes. Next up is the Lima TB Hospital in Lima, Ohio. Mm -hmm. For those of you who are geography nerds like me, uh, Lima is about halfway between Toledo and Dayton on I-75. <laughs> what? No food recommendations? I've never really been to Ohio. I've, I went to Gallipolis once, and that was just a quick trip over the bridge from Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Really just to say we did, and in Point Pleasant, we ate McDonald's. Ugh, why? Uh, well, first off, Burger King. Let's not <laughs> throw stones in this glass house. I haven't had Burger King for like two weeks. Oh, well. <laughs> Pardon me. I, I recant my statement. I'm a picture of health. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a, just the before picture. Oh. Second, McDonald's is lousy, but sometimes on the road you don't have much choice. Yeah, I get that. We rolled into Point Pleasant in the late afternoon, early evening, and, and couldn't figure out why nothing was open and no one was around. 
the lovely and goth lady working at McDonald's helpfully <laughs> informed us it was the May long weekend and everyone was out with their friends and families and we were just a couple of lonely assholes passing through. <laughs> How did you not know it was the long weekend? I'm really bad with holidays. Uh, apparently. Anyway. Yes. The Lima TV hospital. Yeah. So it opened in 1910 and closed after discharging its final patient in 73. Uh, outside of local ghost hunters, it doesn't have anywhere near the notoriety of Waverly and it wasn't nearly so big. Although size... Isn't all that matters. <laughs> Important to note for you. F*** you. <laughs> According to what I could find in its final incarnation, the building could hold up to 138 patients. Uh, like Waverly, though, it, it did have nurses' dorms, doctors' residences, and so on. Do you know how many people actually died there? No, nah, I couldn't find a figure. Uh, and I'm kind of happy about that because after a while, listing those kinds of stats makes it feel like we're reading off the back of a really f***ed up baseball card. <laughs> Starting in Shunafield with 3,500 dead, we have Lima TB Hospital. <laughs> That's a good point. The it's flies a little, just buzz. A little bit gross. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, a little bit. So Lima's been closed for a long time, and unlike Waverly Hills, they haven't really leaned into the haunted history or tried to preserve the building. Uh, it's in pretty rough shape, and trespassers are not well thought of. No, they're not. How many stories did we find of people being escorted off by the police? Like, yeah. a lot. Yeah, enough to convince me not to go exploring should I ever find myself in that part of Ohio. Apparently, they're actually prosecuting some trespassers now. Oh, Jesus, seriously? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, good grief. Yeah, Urbex is fun, but the last thing you need is trespassing charges permanently screwing your travel plans. Mm. I actually know a guy who did that. He was a Canadian student studying in the USA on a student visa. And he got busted climbing a crane on a construction site somewhere in Colorado. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he didn't take it seriously either. He, he thought it was a bullshit misdemeanor charge, but his mom found out about a week before he was supposed to go to trial that it was a criminal trespass beef and he could actually do time. Oh, so what did he do? Well, the stupid bastard hadn't even gotten a lawyer. Oh, uh, even though all his friends had. He thought, oh, those guys are just blowing this out of proportion. Yeah, he's lucky his wow. mother is a smart, no-nonsense, kick-ass British lady. Yeah. Because she got a lawyer sorted, and he skated with, I think, a fine. Wow. Yeah. I, I worked with her, which is how I know the story, and she was not happy with him. He'd also been raiding his education fund for skiing trips. <laughs> so he's an idiot. Yes. <laughs> yeah, th this was during the whole YOLO thing. Oh, He Jesus. would actually say that to her. Mom, you just don't understand. You only live once. Oh, no. YOLO. No, she should have left him in jail. Yes. Anyway, where were we again? Uh, criminal trespassing is a bad idea, especially in Lima, Ohio. <laughs> right. So there aren't a ton of stories from Lima. Some of them are pretty bulk standard, slamming door noises, etc., which some people think are caused actually by a nearby factory. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, but we found each a story that seems to be fascinating, and, and some of them are actually pretty creepy. We did. Um, the North Ohio Paranormal Scientific Society investigated the hospital in May 2010. And said it was the scariest place they'd ever investigated. They were eventually escorted out by the police like everyone else. But surprisingly, they said they were happy to see the officers because they were so frightened. Jesus. Before going in, they heard stories about a shadow person running down the halls, the ghost of a girl in white, disembodied voices, loud bangs, and just a general overwhelming feeling of sadness. Huh. So did they actually see those things when they went there? Sort of. They heard what sounded like a woman humming, footsteps around them, and they were the only ones in the building, and then loud bangs, which they actually did catch on tape. We'll link the investigation in the show notes so you can hear the audio for yourself, but the bangs sound way too close to be made by a refinery, unless the refinery's in the next room. Uh, yeah, it was loud, at least the first one. Uh, the others were more distant, so you could maybe make the refinery argument, but I kind of think it's thin. All right, so what was yours? what was your story? A group of young people took a road trip to Lima and managed to sneak into the place through a basement window. One of them started hearing a banging sound at the end of the hallway, though he apparently didn't tell anyone until after they left. Right. Which I guess is good because they probably wouldn't have made it much further. True. 
As they made their way up to the ground floor, one of them started coughing. Well, yeah, no wonder. There's all the crap floating around in there. Oh, yeah. And, and I, I think some people who are weekend warriors, as far as urbex goes, forget that. Yeah, no. You should explain, um, what do you mean when you use that word, just in case someone out there doesn't browse the same Instagram hashtags? <laughs> uh, good point. Urbex is short for urban exploration. It's usually abandoned sites, things like that. Um, there's actually a guy on uh, Instagram, Mr. Lowlife, L-O-L-I-F-E, uh, and he's in Philadelphia and he's done some really cool Urbex shit. I don't know if he does it anymore. I haven't seen any recent posts from him, but, cool. uh, he did some really great stuff. I, I think people forget it can be dangerous. You know, some of these yeah. buildings have exposed asbestos for Christ's sakes and others are just full of dank old air and industrial particulate. Yep. So these jokers starting to cough isn't exactly a surprise. Mm-hmm. The change in their emotions is interesting though. They started out joking around, but pretty soon they were all fighting off depression and they wanted to get to the roof. But apparently when they hit the third floor, they saw that the friend who had been coughing was shaking. She Hmm. said the higher they went, the harder it was for her to walk. Eventually she was having difficulty standing. And so they left. But as soon as she passed through the stairwell doorway on the bottom floor, she was completely fine. Hmm. It was 4 a.m. by that point. So they decided to head home. And interestingly on the drive back, that same girl claimed to be having emotions and experiences that were not her own. She claimed to be having a vision of a young girl in a white dress who, and I'm quoting here, was very sad because she was supposed to be going somewhere else. And what's interesting about that is the same kind of experience has happened at St. Anne's Academy here oh, in really? Victoria. Yeah. The very top floor was the nun's dormitory. And people have said that they've gone up the stairs when the building has been empty because now it's used as government offices. And they physically can't get up to the top floor. Really? Their, their legs will not move to go. It's like they've walked into a wall. So that's interesting because that's very similar to um, a place where they are not supposed to be as far as the spirits are concerned. And they're just simply not going to let them through. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I said I'm not surprised by the coughing thing, uh, given they were in a crappy old fleet trap of a building. But it, it just reminded me of something that happened this weekend. Oh, what was that? So I was in Kamloops visiting yep. friends, as I yep. mentioned. After the tour, we took a little road trip. A friend had mentioned strange experiences she'd had while staying with her girlfriends at a cabin on Nuff Lake, or Knuff Lake, I, I don't know how it's pronounced, I don't <laughs> care either. Uh, now, I may be misremembering this, but she said they had the cabin booked for a couple nights, and it's next to a lovely little lake, right. as far as these things go, but the place felt so creepy and unwelcoming, they barely left the cabin the whole time. Oh, wow. And apparently on at least one night, they heard male voices right outside the cabin, oh. but there was no one there. Oh, boy. Now, you could argue that sound travels across water, et cetera, but these cabins are not in a populated area. Right. They're not right next to the water. And this person is very psychically sensitive, so their judgment of these things seems pretty solid. Right. We all decided to take a little trip out there to see how it felt. Oh, cool. And and how did it feel? Unhappy. Yeah. Out of place. Yeah. You know, sometimes we talk about places where people were never meant to be. Yeah, like Bear Mountain and Langford. Exactly. Yeah. Have you been up there since they cut that new highway back there? Ugh. It feels so bad. I know. It feels angry. I know. And I remember seeing it from Mount Pimlison when they first put the houses in. And I'm not, you know, oh, don't cut down a tree. And right. Yeah, you yeah. Know. But it made me sad. Yep. And angry. Yep. And it looked like a scar. Yeah. Down the side of the mountain. And it was just like, no, this was never supposed to happen. Well, they blew up a grave site up there. Did they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they were first building it, the First Nations people came out and said, no, we have a cave here. It's a burial site. You can't touch it. And they appealed and said, oh, but we need to build here. And the First Nations people said no. And then on a long weekend, they literally blew it up with dynamite. Oh, my God. And said, oops, sorry. I can't believe they did that. Yeah. The guy who did it didn't know. Oopsies. And they built right over it. 
Oh, man. So, frankly, Bear Mountain, I mean, I'm sure there's lovely people who live there who don't know any better, but they get what they get. And yeah. the man who developed it went bankrupt, so. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I'm not going to say his name so we don't get sued, but yeah. yeah, I think I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know what? I, I don't feel good there. I've been to a few events mm-hmm. at the hotel there. Yep. It just doesn't feel right. No, that's it. I, you know, this always happens. I, I drive at night, right? I drive yeah. a lot. And I always seem to be attracted to places that I later find out have a lot of activity. Right. For whatever reason, I always end up on Bear Mountain, especially going right up to sort of to the top there. Yeah. But then there's that new highway. If you're out in Langford, you know where they put in that new YMCA? Yeah. So if you keep driving past it, there's a big roundabout and then there's another housing development. Right. It used to be that housing development dead ended. Right. Well, now they've cut a back road through there. Oh, wow. Huge four laner. Really? It goes all the way through to the, I want to say the road to Machosan. Yeah. They cut it all the way through. Wow. And I was, I, I say I drove it the other night, man. It feels angry. Yeah. Like you didn't want to look at the trees too long. It no. felt dark. Yeah. Like it was pissed. Yeah, I get it. It felt like that. Yeah. Like you were fading out from the world. So not a good experience at the little nut flake or. <laughs> no, uh, it was, it was overcast, which I'm sure contributed to the feeling, but yeah. I suspect it feels a little like that even in the sunshine. Mm-hmm. It catches you by surprise because you think secluded lake, cabin, it should feel peaceful. Right. But it just feels sad. Mm-hmm. While we were there, the friend who told us about the place mentioned creepy paintings in the bathrooms. Right. So we snuck in to have a look and she was not lying. These things, all painted by the owner, I think, were goddamn horrifying. Oh, no. Yeah. Darkness, trees, hidden faces and everything. Well, it, it makes sense. He was probably being inspired by what was around it. Right? Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Uh, and anyways, while I was in the gents' bathroom, I got the bright idea of trying to use one of the mirrors for scrying. Oh, that's not a good idea. I was just curious. Really? I, well, I, you know. It's like, oh, look at the hot burner. I wonder if it will burn me. Yeah. Well, Come on. <laughs> I thought maybe I'll see something. Oh, Jesus. You know? uh, and it seemed like a long shot. Uh-huh. You know, as I understand it, you really need more time and preparation than I had. Mm-hmm. But I thought, eh, who knows? <laughs> and, or who'll know? You know, and then I repeated it on the podcast. <laughs> um, after, after a few moments of this, I started to cough. For no apparent reason. And when I turned away from the mirror, it stopped. Wow. And of course, you could just say the shit in the air, and, and I'm, I'm fully, you know, I'm fully open to that. But yeah. I just thought it was interesting that it happened when I was trying to sort of scry and, you know, uh, and stopped when I stopped. Yeah. No, absolutely. Well, before we go to break, I want to mention that you really should not go trespassing on the Lima site. Yeah. The police are, are not screwing around. And actually, be careful of any place you're going where there's no trespassing signs, yeah, to be honest. Yeah, true enough. I mean, for your safety and legally, it can really mess you up. Um, I found an article about a group of ghost hunters who thought they'd get creative and sneak into the hospital through the woods. And there were police there waiting for them. They spent their weekend in jail. They had to pay fines plus court costs. Ugh. That's that's not good. There are a lot of forums online where people claim to know how to sneak in and not get caught, but just don't. It's just a bad idea. I, yeah, I second that. Instead, go to Bellinata's Pizza on South Main Street. In <laughs> it's supposed to be haunted, and you can get 50 chicken wings for 35 bucks. Oh, I thought you'd never been there. Oh, I haven't, but when I saw that Bellinata's was supposed to be haunted, I cruised their menu. It looked good. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll tell the story of Tronquil and dive into our listener mail. We'll be right back. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? 
That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. This episode of The Ghost Story Guys has been brought to you in part by CoffeeCrew.com. Welcome back. As we mentioned before the break, the third haunted TB hospital we're going to be looking at is Tronquil on the Lake, or just Tronquil or Padova City as it was briefly called. Now, unless you're from BC, you're unlikely to have heard of the place, but in its heyday, it was actually bigger than Waverly or Lima. It was quite literally a small town with about 40 buildings, including three hospitals, a laundry, staff dorms, and houses. <laughs> a fire hall, administrative buildings, a kitchen equipped to feed a thousand people, and its own power generation spread across 191 acres. At its peak, Tronquil was home to about 600 patients and staff. That's huge, especially for rural BC. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the hospital opened in 1907 after a whole lot of wrangling with the city of Kamloops, which is 13 miles away. Did they not want to open it? Or? No. There was actually oh. a group in the city calling themselves the Anti-Sanitarium League. Oh, good grief. And they emphatically did not want a bunch of sick people hanging around their city. Yeah, I get that. But so, it's 13 kilometers away. Well, no. that Once they moved 13 kilometers away, then they were okay. Oh, yeah, that's, I see, I see. That's how Tronquil ended up way the hell across Kamloops. Gotcha. Lake. Uh, staffing difficulties, wage cuts, and structural upkeep were major problems for the property in the 1930s. Of course. And by the late 40s, TB treatment had progressed so much uh, that large facilities like Tronquil just weren't necessary yeah. anymore. By 1958, the last patients had been transferred to Vancouver, and Tronquil briefly became a school, actually, hmm. uh, before it was decided it was better used as an overflow hospital for patients from the Woodlands and Essendale facilities near Vancouver. And uh, we won't get into it here, but you should look up Woodlands and Essendale. They were home for uh, homes for people with all kinds of disabilities, and they were not in great shape. It was pretty awful. Yeah, it was not good. Yeah. So a lot of those patients were transferred to Tronquil, uh, where they stayed until it was finally closed down in 1984. Right. For a long time, nothing was done to the property, and like Lima and Waverly, it became the place for college kids to sneak in and f*** around. Sure. And of course, then the ghost legend started to grow, especially around the tunnels underneath the facility. Ooh, tunnels. Always great fodder for ghost stories. Oh, yeah. I think, yeah. I want to say it's about two two kilometers worth of tunnels or something. Oh. Yeah. Everyone thinks there's tunnels under Victoria. There aren't. Well, not entirely true. There's No, I know, there's, but there's not like a big tunnel system. Oh, no, 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 no. There were tunnels from Chinatown to the docks. Right. That was mostly concerning um, uh, opium. Opium. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and there was a tunnel from the Empress over to the laundry facility um, that now it ends in the Empress parking garage. Right. Uh, but there just weren't the cool tunnels they have like in Seattle. No, or actually in Los Angeles. Oh. There's something like 11 miles of tunnels underneath the city. Wow. Yeah, if you, um, I, I explored it once when I was there in 2015. Mm-hmm. It kind of, it's kind of hard to find. It's in downtown behind City Hall in the Hall of Records. Right. There is a freestanding elevator bank. You get in the elevator. You go down to the second or third sub-basement. You're, you get off surrounded by pallets full of file boxes. You go all the way to the back. 
turn left. There's a, a what do you call it? A swinging door with yeah. the windows papered over. Right. Go through there, and you're in the tunnel system. Now, how did you get in there? Uh, I'd heard about it, and so I just looked up how to get in there. And it's not technically off limits. Oh, wow. Because it runs underneath all the municipal buildings, so municipal employees- They actually do use it. They u- not like they used to. No. Most, most of it's not used anymore. Right. Uh, but the stuff that's immediately there is used. So I, cool. I, one day I went in there. It took me a while to find it, as I said, and then just walked around. Uh, but at one point, the tunnel dips sharply and because it goes under the road. Right. And it was at that point I thought, you know, I am totally alone in- an underground network of tunnels. But no one knows where I am. No I have no cell reception. There is no one here. Yeah. And I thought, yeah, I'm just not going to push it. Did it feel creepy? <sighs> not ghost creepy. No. Just uncomfortable. Hmm. And, I mean, it was fascinating. Yeah. And I, I, you know, if I had, I, you know, I, I kind of wish I'd gone a little further just yeah. to take pictures, but yeah. I just thought this, this isn't wise. You know, my, my, my coward sense, it keeps me alive. Yeah. <laughs> sort of said. Mine, Brent, mine is strong. Yeah. Yeah. said, Brent, let's get the hell out of here. <laughs> but there's, yeah, there's a couple of things down there. Actually, it, I don't know why I'm asking you this. Have you ever seen the movie They Live? No. Okay. Well, <laughs> for the rest of the world who has seen They Live, there are scenes at the end of the film with Roddy Piper and Keith David. Uh, they're are they in, wrestlers. Uh, Roddy Piper was. Yeah. Yeah, this was sort of his big uh, his big break. It's a fucking amazing film. Don't you don't you don't you look at me like that. <laughs> I'm just reflecting on Hulk Hogan's cinematic oh, no. career. Completely so different things. I am just um, kind of drawing parallels. And in, in fairness, Roddy Piper had a pretty spotty film career. <laughs> but they live was has become a cult classic. Really? Oh yeah, I've got the uh, what do you call it? The uh, nerd collectors edition. I do, yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wonderfully restored Scream not, Factory Blu ray. Not shocked. But uh, there's a scene where they're running around and in these tunnels trying to find X or Y. Right. And they're in the tunnels underneath LA. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, um, and I don't think you can explore all 11 or 13 miles or whatever is down in LA, but it's, I don't know, if you're ever there, it's worth checking out. And cool. Just, you know, be respectful. Yeah. Don't, don't be stupid. Because if you're stupid, you wreck it for everybody else. Exactly. Yeah. And and that's really what happened at um, at Tronquil. Oh, know, okay. Kids would break in. Yeah. They would spray paint, oh, you know, right. all this shit like this. They would yeah. get, get high. Yeah. So, I mean, ever since, I want to say uh, 2003, the right. property's been owned by this small group of investors, and they're doing their damnedest to bring the place back to life bit by bit. Nice. Yeah, they've renovated several of the houses, and they're now living them. Wow. Uh, pardon me, living in them, and they're started to farm again. Wow. Although I hear they didn't bother growing this year. They've completely revamped three of the barns. On the tour I did last Saturday, Tim, our guide, said they now had, I want to say something like 40,000 square feet of barn space. Wow, that's pretty awesome. It's insane. Yeah, it's huge. And, and so what about the ghost stories? I mean, there's got to be something. So the place is kind of Pavelia-like in that you hear a lot of stories about how it's haunted, but nothing specific. Right. Uh, years ago, a BC-based urbex group called the Wraiths snuck into the facility and heavily photo-documented it. Cool. Yeah, Man, their website's gone now, and oh, I really no. wish it was. It's been gone for probably 10 years. Oh, wow. Uh, but maybe if you tried the Internet Wayback Machine, have you ever heard of that? No. So it's this crawler that archives the web. That's cool. Yeah, it's very useful for finding deleted information sometimes yeah. on publicly available web pages. But if you look for the Wraiths, yeah, they, they did a huge thing on, on um, I keep wanting to call it Povelia, on uh, Tronquil. <laughs> That's and, cool. But they never said peep about ghosts. And I mean, it wasn't their thing. No. But you'd think after a day spent cruising a haunted town, if you felt something, you'd mention it. Right. And the new owners are very opposed to the property being depicted as haunted at all. 
Oh, interesting. So you would think they'd want to capitalize on that, like haunted houses or something. Yeah, no, you'd think, but no. Uh, apparently back in 04, they allowed MTV to film an episode of their show Fear on site. Right. And afterward, people just came out of the woodwork asking to view, to sort of do investigations, and they just said no. Weird. I wonder why, because that really could have been an amazing source of income for them. I have two theories. Okay. Uh, the first is, I suspect the group of private investors is quite religious. Right. And they don't believe in ghosts. Right. You're either in heaven or you're a demon. Right. <laughs> I have nothing to back that up. Yeah. And there's certainly nothing wrong with being religious. No. You know, I, they've both been very, very friendly. The people who've conducted the tours have been very friendly to me and I, I, I'm not, certainly not uh, casting aspersions on them. No. <clears throat> but after having been given tours by the same two people twice in four years, the feeling I get from them is very strictly, sort of a strict religious sense. Yeah. Uh, and again, nothing wrong with that. You do you, but that's my read. <laughs> well, and having worked for the church for 15 years and, and being in it since I was a kid, they do have very strong outlook on ghosts, that they aren't real. The spirits of the earth do not walk the earth. Uh, spirits of the dead, sorry, do not walk the earth. And it just baffles me because you've got this group of people dedicated to the spiritual who will have nothing to do with personal spiritual stuff. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and it's so frustrating. And as a kid, I, I would get so, I was so messed up by that because I was constantly being told, no, you're imagining that that's not real. That's not. And as I mentioned before, it was actually the, the exorcist for the diocese in Calgary right? Yeah. who affirmed me and went, no, no, you're right. You, you mentioned all these same places I've had to deal with these places. So that was huge for me because I, I mean, I just think it's so sad that you've got this religious thing going on and yet spirituality, true spirituality is completely negated and and denied. Oh yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. But I I understand it because if they do say yes, there are ghosts, then they have to start asking questions. That too. Yeah. And people don't like doing that around religion. No, of course. So yeah, it's too bad. So tell me what was the second reason you think? Uh, well, that episode of Fear I mentioned was total bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Robin and Scott from the Drunk in a Graveyard podcast were also on the tour with us. Oh, right. And afterward, Robin told us a story, which I, I hope she doesn't mind me sharing here. But when she was a teenager, the Fear producers paid her and some friends to hide in the building where they were filming and make banging noises. Oh, Jesus. So yeah. it's like a ghost adventures thing. Exactly. Oh, that's so frustrating. And they paid them in pizza. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised you weren't in on that then. I, uh, I was in Rebel you'd, have, you'd have been like, what's that? I smell free pizza. Great. So I'm a hound dog for pizza. Well, no, that's true. That's true. That's not, that's, that is a correct statement. That is insane. So you don't think it's haunted? No, I, I, I think there is something there. Right. Um, you know, I, when I was in the sort of the town square with the group, uh, cause again, it was a very tightly controlled walking yeah. tour. You were not allowed to explore. Uh, so when I was walking through the town square, we were, they were telling us various historical facts. Uh, and I mean, if you're into local history, th- those walks are great because they know their stuff. Oh, I love stuff like that. So yeah, it's, it's great for that. But I felt a very, very strong dizziness. Right. It would just hit me in waves. And wow. I, I started to panic because, oh God, something's wrong. Right. Because, you know, I'm a hypochondriac. <laughs> uh, but I stepped, I stepped away from where I'd been standing. Fine. Oh, that's a common thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, there's just, there was a heaviness to the air, especially yeah. the closer you got to the center of it. Right. And then, uh, actually drunk in a graveyard when they, when they wrote about it on their podcast, uh, which you can find at drunk graveyard.com or on iTunes, all the places, uh, they described it as somewhat haunted. Now we didn't really have a chance to talk about our impressions of the place right. afterward, but 
I get the impression they were of the same opinion. You know, hmm. it's mostly it feels sad and it yeah. does feel like there's something there. Yeah. You know, my, my cousin thought he saw something up in the window, uh, moving, but you know, it, it's, it's so many different light sources who knows. Yeah. But, um, you know, regardless of, uh, of whether or not it's haunted, you know, I, I feel it's disrespectful yeah. for people to invent stories in these places. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and it's why it was, it was really cool to find the websites about Waverly and Pavelia written by people who worked there. Yeah. For whom you know, they have memories of the place. Right. Because right. I, I think with all the ghost stories, we forget that people lived there. Human beings had whole lives there. Yeah. And I think when you start making up things, and, and I mean, like patients being raped. Right. I mean, maybe that happened, but I think it's more likely that this is just something, you know, unspeakable that people thought of to make the story that much more spooky. Right. You know, and, and the lives that people live there are that's worthy enough of a story. You don't have to have exaggerated shit. Well, and and that's the thing. When you really start to do research on ghost stories and you get away from just the story, that's the biggest thing that hit me when I was writing the book was that these are people. Yeah. These are families that they left people behind. People mourned for them. The biggest one for me was um, the Point Ellis Bridge when the train oh, collapsed. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 55 people died. And there wasn't a single person in Victoria who either didn't know someone or knew the family of someone mm-hmm. who had died in that. That was huge. Yeah. And it devastated the community. And we just don't have that perspective anymore. No, no. Everything is... A kind of entertainment. Yeah. Especially, and I, I don't want to get into recent events because there's just no point touching no. on that in this show, but no. but I do feel people have this sense of things that they're disconnected from it. They, yeah. If they just, there's this lack of empathy. But there's even a lack of, uh, I, I was doing a ghost tour and I had a group of people who just sort of stared through me. It felt like. I remember they, you saying, yeah. I, I got no response from them. They just stood there and sort of absorbed it. And at first I'm like, Oh, they're really not enjoying this. And then at the end of it, they're like, oh my God, that was so good. And a couple of them gave me tips and, and they were really nice and sweet and, and loved it and told me how great it was. And then it dawned on me, they weren't bored. They weren't disconnected. They were in viewing mode. Right. Because when I watch TV, I don't sit there laughing out loud. I'm entertained. Right. But I'm not like, ho, 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 that was hilarious. Um, because I'm just observing it. There's no there's no interaction. Right. And I think in some ways people have gotten so used to being behind a screen. Right. That they don't know how to give that sort of visual or physical feedback to someone standing right in front of them. Right. They were just treating me as someone. A just, screen. A screen. And I think that happens with some of the horrible events is people don't see these, oh, it's very sad. It's like watching a sad movie. No, this is real life. That's it. Yeah. You, you know, know, when you say 63,000 people died in a place, yeah. that's 63,000 people. People. Yeah. And I mean, obviously it wasn't as we've discussed. Right. But adding more deaths to something, Does that's not messed up. Yeah. Those are dead people. Yeah. And yeah, anyways. Yeah, I agree. So I, I think, uh, I, so do I think Tron Keel is haunted? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I don't think it's the kind of haunting that people want to hear about, which is, you know, scary, demonic crap. I just right. think, yeah, there's presence there. Yeah. Uh, it may not even be, you know, it may not, I don't even know if it's patience because you know how I feel about location-based yeah. haunting stuff. Yeah. But whatever's there is there. And, and honestly, I don't, they're trying to develop this property and I've been there twice now on two different tours in uh, like four years. It's in essentially the same condition it was last time. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like the land's just, it's not receptive. I feel like right. whatever they try and put there is not going to work out. Right. You know, years ago, a developer wanted to put a golf, a golf course there. Right. And it just didn't take, you no. know, no one, no one got behind it and then no. he died. Yeah. And then the, his partner ended up with the whole share of the place. And so he brought in these private investors from the prairies 
and now they're trying to make this sustainable community thing. But again, it just feels it's it done. It's just done. Yeah, yeah. it right, just I got wants it. to go back to the land. All right. Well, we're going to leave it there and move on to feedback. And what I discovered this week is if we want to get a ton of feedback from people, delay the show. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, we had a lot okay. of people writing oh, in. Man. It was pretty crazy. I And I apologize for the late drop. I'd say I was away for uh, uh, almost two weeks. Yeah. And I, I, I stupidly was in Revelstoke and I, I brought a bunch of books. And yep. I thought, oh, I'll write a show while I'm away. And no, that did not happen. <laughs> so who did we end up in, in the mailbag this week? Uh, well, we got uh, Lori, who lived on the Royal Roads grounds when mm-hmm. it was a military college, mm-hmm. who apparently had paranormal experiences in the house there. Very cool. And I can't f- wait to talk to Lori. Yeah, absolutely. I hope she sends some more in. Yeah. Uh, and there was Tony, actually, who said we inspired him to check out other paranormal subjects. He said he kind of, we sort of encouraged him to go look about, learn about other things, including black-eyed kids and things like this. I very kindly says we have great chemistry. That's creepy. And yes, I know. <laughs> so I, I told you, you know, the holding hands is just a safety thing. <laughs> uh, he said he actually helps people and one day he wants to write a book. So cool. if he does, you know, Tony, if you do, let us know, man. Yeah. Um, of course, we had a few great emails from Vinny. Yes. And uh, he wanted to know our take on UFOs, whether they're part of the larger paranormal phenomenon. And, and you know, man, I, I'm looking at the time. You got to go to work here yeah, pretty yeah, soon. Yeah. So we don't have time to get into it. Ghost walking. Uh, but we will- uh, Vinny, we will actually have that conversation on air one of these days. I had sort of intended for us to kind of take this and run with it, but I think this is going to be a long episode anyways. Yeah. And again, we're running up against a time barrier here. No worries. Uh, Cynthia again, um, who loves to message us when she's a little bit tipsy, which I think is great. <laughs> I do too. She uh, updated us on Choo Choo. Apparently they're closed for the time being. They're oh. the first pipe. And it's going around because my favorite or my local sushi place and subway shop were both closed because of a burst pipe. Ooh, I wonder if they're upgrading the water system or... Don't know. Well, they are. Well, they are now because the pipes can burst. No, no, no. But I mean in the streets and I wonder if the lack of leaks is upping the general water pressure and weakened pipes are just going to go. No one thinks in systems. They no. just think of individual That's, things. Yeah, well, it's all connected. It pissed me off because it stops me from getting good local sushi. Oh, Jesus. They make this great roll with fle- lemons. Anyway, All sorry. about food. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Also, thanks, Cynthia, for giving me the idea to talk about Tronquil on the show. Like I said at the top of the uh, top of the show, I, I didn't even think anyone would give a damn. Yeah, it's pretty neat. So uh, I'm, I'm glad you gave us a suggestion because, yeah, we got a lot of material out of that. Yeah. Uh, to Rachel GW, thank you so much for stories about your cottage. Keep us updated if anything else happens after you plant the rose bushes, as mm-hmm. she said she was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it was funny. Again, you know, I, I she wrote us and I replied with a couple stories. And she goes, oh, yeah, no, you talked about it on the show. And I'm like, oh, shit. I, I know. We're like seniors now I repeating know. ourselves. We're going to have to watch this. People are listening, which we did not expect. I know. So. I, I had that experience. Oh, I've already talked about it. <laughs> yes, <mind>. exactly. <laughs> uh, Rachel from Battle Creek, who you exchanged some emails with. Yeah, she was really cool. I, I really enjoyed that. And Battle Creek is a badass town name. It is. That's fantastic. Yeah. Maybe I'm, you could start a town and be like, Brennan kicks ass. Arm wrestling code. Ville. Yeah. <laughs> Leg wrestling point. <laughs> uh, Ash sent us a great message. She found us on Podbean, uh, which I didn't even know we were on Podbean. Cool. So I, I logged in and, cre- and sort of claimed that account. Nice. And she recommended Ed Boon Baker's uh, True Haunting Story. Cool. And I've got it on the list, Ash. I just haven't had a chance to read it. I've been uh, been busy. And of course, we got a guest on next show, so I got to read yep. his book here soon. Yep. Wanda, she uh, sent us the a message about the staircases in the woods. That was interesting. Yeah, and I I kind of think it's creepy pasta. I kind of think it's, I just I kind of think it's not a phenomenon. I think it's a story. Yeah, and and that's part of the problem I have with creepy pasta. And I think I've talked about this before. Is that yeah, they're great stories, but yeah. but they really muddy the water when you treat them like they're real, right? Or when you present them as though they're real, yeah. it really muddies the waters for people who are trying to figure out what the hell's going on. Yeah, no, for sure. Melanie 
uh, who felt that we were a little bit fat shaming <laughs> on the last episode. And you know, Melanie, I I understand completely. Ian and I are both not exactly paragons of fitness. I'm a pretty chubby guy, yeah. and and I like I grew up as a heavy kid. You yeah. know, I, I'm in better shape now than I used to be, but I sort of consider one of the uh, one of the great the great gifts of of that growing up is I reserve the right to joke about being a fat kid and i was definitely joking about myself i I, uh i'm not going to apologize but uh, i understand where you're coming from yeah and i will always make fun of you for being fat absolutely yeah because you're a son of a bitch that's fine yeah thank you yeah i don't i don't i don't but only you yeah oh good yeah i'm not mocking it doesn't make me sad at all no i'm not crying no not at all it's it's onions here's a kleenex yes uh, and there's Peter, who asked us about hauntings in Ross Bay Cemetery. Yeah. I actually don't really know of any. I, I sort of think... There are. There are, right? Oh, yeah. And there's some in my book. <laughs> Victoria's most haunted. Um, you wrote a book? Oh, weird. Yeah. <laughs> huh. um, and, uh, yeah, no, there are. And there's more stories than I had in my book. So there's definitely quite a few stories Oh, fair there. enough. Yeah. Well, I know... Um, yeah, maybe we'll try and find some of those for the episode we do about the haunting of Vancouver Island. Yeah, and the Cemetery Society does a tour, usually around Halloween, uh, and they get people to stand at specific grave sites, and you walk to them, and they tell you a story. About I don't like those kind of things. They make me uncomfortable. That's because you're awkward socially. Yes, yes, you're right. <laughs> thanks for thanks for dragging that out into the light. <laughs> um, and uh, finally, Deborah, who apparently nearly had herself a car accident when we mentioned her on the air. Deborah, I, I hope you're not driving. No, me too. Uh, you know, but thank you so much for the emails. I, I really enjoyed my emails with Deborah too. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. awesome. <laughs> That's great. So uh, thank you so much to everyone who emailed. Uh, we can't tell you how great it is to know there are people out there not only enjoying what we do, but actually listening. That's... <laughs> Yeah, Any yeah. It's, neither of us really expected that. So. And to the people who want us to do a weekly show, I would not hold your breath. <laughs> Although they might be able to hear a little more from you soon. Did you want to mention that? Yeah, I may as well. Uh, it's um, it's I will be doing a weekly music show on Stoke FM 92.5 called The Call. And that's going to be an evening show. I don't really have everything locked down yet. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it'll be an hour of... Uh, me talking a little bit, playing some of my favorite music, cool, and just sort of riding out the night. It'll be taped at first, but eventually I'd like to do a live show. Very so cool. So people can tweet at me while it's happening and things like this. What are you going to do about your burping problem? Uh, good question. <laughs> I got a mute button here, so... Uh, <laughs> Maybe you just burp through the music silently while the Oh, that works. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Okay, good. Phew. Also, I've got that interview coming up finally with the Supernatural Substation, mm-hmm. which is fr- uh, Friday, October 6th at 9.30 Central, uh, which is 7.30 here on the West Coast. You can tune into that at uprntalkradio.com, and I'll put a link in the show notes, and I'll post it on the Facebook page. I'll also be on X-Zone Radio Monday, October 9th. I'm not sure when that interview goes up, though, but I'll, I'll post it when it does. Nice. And That's how about awesome. you? Uh, into the fray, I'm going to be... I did a great interview with Shannon. I really enjoyed myself. Yeah, Yeah. I really had a good time. Um, I'm going to be on a local Victoria podcast here um, through CFAX. I've got a couple speaking engagements Friday the 13th. Uh, I'm doing a reading. And then um, on the 30th, I'm also doing another uh, reading with the book at Hidden Gem in Langford. It's a a new store. Uh, And then I'm doing um, like a private fundraiser thing for literacy coming up on the 20th. But that's... Yeah, neither here nor there. What's the thing on the 13th? Is that the Toastmasters or No, I did that one. I oh, how'd it go? One. It was good. It was fun. The one on the 13th is a meetup. Oh, okay. Paranormal meetup. So um, I will be there. It's online. If you go to meetup.com and you punch in like Ian Gibbs or I will get Ian's lazy ass to send me the link and I'll post it in the show they, notes. I've never actually seen the link. So of course you would... haven't. <laughs> Jesus. I just may have to show up there at 6.30 and 
talk. That's what I know. Oh, it's just like the podcast. And pretty you much. got to show up and talk. Pretty much, except no one's going to be there to edit me, so I have yeah. to be more careful. I, now that I know about this, I'm probably going to turn up and be in the crowd. <laughs> and ask me horrible questions. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That would be super, super helpful. So yeah, no, things are things are good. Cool. I got some photos during my walk around Tronk Hill, which I- Really I've, good photos. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I've posted those on my Smug Mug account, and I will link those in the show notes if you'd like to see them. Fair warning, only a couple of them I, I think are- actually any good uh, but I'll put them all up so you can see what the place look like most of them are taken with an actual real camera but there are a handful taken with my f- cell phone camera and I'm sure you'll be able to tell the difference cool alright so don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes Stitcher and wherever else podcasts live share us with your friends uh, Facebook's awesome help us get the word out our numbers are rising and we're really excited about that so thank you so much yes uh, also I noticed on our, our demographic sort of our, our statistics I guess you yeah. call it uh, we have a we have a listener from Idaho Falls. Nice. And if you're out there, Idaho Falls listener, you have the best, or had at least seven years ago, the best hotel slash motel I've ever been in <laughs> because the, the hot tub was open 24 hours. Wow. You get off the road, 10, 11 at night, put on your shorts, go sit in the hot tub, drink a beer. That's almost unheard of. Yeah, glass and water at night make a and awesome alcohol. combination. And alcohol. Alcohol in a hot tub. Perfect. Yep. Everything's coming up. You are a paragon of smart choices. And yet here I am. <laughs> uh, thanks, as always, to Bizanta Music for our theme song in the bumpers. Peter is on a roll with new music, and it's great stuff. So make sure to check out his page at soundcloud.com slash Music. And didn't you say he's helping out with your radio show? Yes. Uh, he wrote my opening and closing theme and killed nice. it. Nice. Uh, once the show is a little closer to going live, I'll share it here. Very cool. And uh, I forgot to uh, forgot to mention this, but um, some people have asked us how they can hear Peter's music, uh, especially our theme song, mm. without the show. And um, I, we will be setting up a YouTube channel. Ooh. So you'll have all our shows will be available on YouTube. And you'll also have all the songs to which we have rights. So all of Peter's stuff. Nice. We'll have uh, on there that you can listen to. Very cool. And yeah, if you have feedback or stories you want to share, please feel free to get a hold of us at ghoststoryguys at gmail.com or our website, ghoststoryguys.com or the Facebook page. You guessed it, the Ghost Story Guys. We like to keep it simple. And we do. Thanks again for listening. It means a ton. We'll be back in two weeks with another guest, Shannon Sin, author of the upcoming book, The Haunting of Vancouver Island. Until then, back into the darkness we go. sounds terrible no i like it i finally sound better put it back on put it back on <laughs> put it all back to the way it's supposed to be <laughs> or should or will it or will it are we sure are we sure it may be curious time oh, wow that's that's some kind of monstrous animal <laughs> that's the pit of hell vomiting forth an abomination there's wolves at the door apparently <laughs> jesus so you're so. bdi big daddy yeah, yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Someone has to be. No, I blame porn. I blame yeah, porn. I think you're right, actually. Yeah. When did that happen? Right? I feel like some kind of old, horny robot. Boners <laughs> are like Tinkerbell. <laughs> you have to believe. <laughs> so I am. Get used to it. It's not going away. <laughs> no. That's right. I'm putting that in the outtakes. <laughs> no, I won't. <laughs> the look on your face. That was f***ing amazing. Oh, my God.
<laughs> like honestly, I mean, if you just just go pay for it, how, how hard is this? Go pay for it. But the Jobo, no. Oh, the Jobo. The Jobo. Oh, that no, no, oh, no. Gonna, the Bojo. The beach, no. The Bojo. Real Beecher. The Real Beecher. R two Beach two. The oh my lord anyway yeah no it just keeps getting 35 o'clock i know what time you gotta go uh like 6 30 oh, oh we're, we're fine 